Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts, the Las Vegas Raiders have offended LeBron James. Colorado has new gun laws that will do jack to stop crime. Uh, a jogger talking his way out of a bear attack. Oregon doesn't like your firearms and doesn't want you to be able to defend yourself. Norfolk police officer gives some money to the Kyle Rittenhouse Defense Fund and gets fired? Really? There's more, my friends. There's more. Stick with us. And welcome once again to the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagen. I'm still myself. I wake up myself every day. It's a wonderful thing. Of course, waking up with some Hayek would be better, but you can't have it all, folks. Let's get this, uh, let's kick this pig. The Las Vegas Raiders, who used to be the Oakland Raiders, and were the LA Raiders before that, before that, they were the Oakland Raiders. Maybe they'll stay in one place for a good amount of time this time. They uh, they have offended LeBron James and some other whiny little bitches on Twitter. Uh, yesterday with the George Floyd verdict. verdict. Good Lord. Uh, my mouth has a mind of its own today. The Raiders tweeted after the verdict was read, uh, convicting George Floyd on all three counts. Uh, for being an idiot, uh, among other things, and uh, helping to kill someone. The Las Vegas Raiders tweeted, I can breathe, and then they had the date of 4-20-21. So it would seem to be saying that this is over, it's behind us, uh, a bad cop is going to prison, and leave it at that. Whether you think, whatever you think about the case, and I have strong feelings I've voiced before, I have strong feelings against trying to give sainthood to George Floyd, who was a, a convicted felon and a drug dealer, a drug a user, and who had a lot of problems. But he should be in prison right now, not in a casket somewhere. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact he had a lot of flaws as a person, and the cop, again, uh, he got what he deserved, in my opinion. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But again, let's that's another topic for another time. Uh, the team owner, who is Mark Davis, he took responsibility for the tweet's origins. CBS Las Vegas affiliate KLAS reports. Davis said he was inspired by Floyd's brother, Philonice, I believe that's how you pronounce it, if not, I apologize, uh, who said something similar on Tuesday. Uh, Floyd's brother said, "Today we are able to breathe again because justice for George means justice. Excuse me, means freedom for all. Uh, again, 
people you uh, disabusing the word uh, justice. It's it's really tiresome. But the tweet, like all tweets, faced swift backlash. In fact, you can post anything on Twitter. I think, except a recipe for vanilla cupcakes. Well, someone would probably rip you over that too. I mean, vanilla, vanilla white, racist. But the tweet got backlash with LeBron James and others voicing their displeasure. You know, LeBron James is a guy I've always rooted for, for one reason. He seemed like an okay guy. I think he's the greatest basketball player to ever, ever play, frankly. But the more he wins the more agitated and bitchy and whiny the Michael Jordan fanboys get. And there's no group of fans who have ever idolized an athlete to more absurd levels than Michael Jordan fans. And really, they need to take his game-worn jocks off their face so they can get some fresh air sometimes. For them, basketball began when Jordan was drafted to the NBA. It didn't exist before then. But LeBron James was butthurt. He uh, was commenting on a tweet, and he tweeted this. This is real? No, man. This ain't it at all. The fuck, he said. Just like that. Except he tweeted it. Excuse me, I don't generally try to say that word, but sometimes context, man. Well, I don't know why LeBron James is hurt. I'm sure there's a lot of Uyghur Muslims in uh, China in concentration camps who are being re-educated, in other words, brainwashed by communist Chinese, that uh, that maybe they're a little insensitive. Maybe they feel slighted that LeBron James could use his voice to maybe gain justice for them. Instead, LeBron just cashes those big fat checks from communist China and bitches about human rights abuses and being offended and blah, 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 rather than actually doing something to fight an evil communist regime. You're a phony, LeBron. You're a great basketball player, but you are phony as they come. Uh, then there was Jason Collins, who's a former NBA player you've never heard of. Uh, do you? He, he questioned this to the Raiders. Do you have black people on your comms? I guess that's for communications. Digital PR, legal department. Did you run this by any of them before posting this tweet? Are they empowered to give an honest answer? Because this ain't it. Nope, no sir, no ma'am. I don't know why he's he's angry. The tweet clearly shows support for the cop getting convicted and going to prison and for the, the Floyd family. And again, I'm not commenting on the case at all in this. I'm just marvel, marveling at how easily offended and how much people like this love to be offended. They were born offended, I believe. It's called offenditis. It's the first liberal malady I ever diagnosed. People who are offended by everything and love to be offended, they, they, they live to be offended. They have offenditis. I have many more on my blog at dailygator.com. Check them out sometime. Uh, enough about that, though. Colorado Governor Jared Polis, or Polis, maybe, or Pinhead, I don't know. He signed two laws yesterday on the 20th of April. They both are aimed to increase firearm regulations. And uh, this is from U the UPI. Uh, 
Colorado Governor Gerald Perales signed a pair of bills increasing regulations surrounding the tracking and storage of firearms. On Monday, he signed Senate Bill number 78, which requires a gun owner to report their lost or stolen firearms within five days or face fines, and House Bill 1106, which requires gun owners to responsibly and securely store their firearms when not in use to prevent access from unauthorized users and requires a licensed gun dealer to provide a locking device during a firearm sale or transfer. Well, let's tackle this uh, one at a time. If, if, if someone were to break in my home and steal firearms, if I own firearms, which I may or may not, but if that happened, I would call the police. I would report whatever I you know, could think of that was stolen, TVs or, or whatever. Uh, I don't know why anybody wouldn't report it. I wouldn't have a, a real problem doing it. Uh, but I don't think this law is really going to change anything. If for some reason somebody doesn't want to reveal that, they're just not going to reveal it. And again, I think it's kind of pointless. And, and it's, it's just a look what I did moment for the governor. The second one is extremely concerning to me. Uh, that is House Bill 1106, requiring gun owners to responsibly and securely store their firearms when not in use. Okay, uh, lots of people have gun safes. Good idea. Uh, some people have the, the individual cases. Generally, the, what, when they bought the firearm, a pistol or something, It'll come with a case, and you can lock it. You can put a padlock on it. You can uh, buy the the uh, the gut little gun safes. You can put the gun in there, and you can have a code you type in, or you can use it based on your your fingerprints, I think. And you can prevent children or someone else from getting a firearm if you choose. What I am against is the government of Colorado in this case coming in saying. You know, uh, you have minor children here, and uh, you've got a gun that's not locked up as we define securely. Well, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I remember my dad taking me out to shoot a 22 pistol and a 22 rifle when I was nine, I think the first time, um, and teaching me gun safety rules and teaching me how to how to handle the weapon, never point it at anything you don't want to shoot. It gets always loaded. Treat it as if it's always loaded. So basically, along the lines of the four rules of gun safety that most people, everyone should know. They t should teach these in schools, actually. Um, of course, the left hates the idea. They only want t kids taught how to have sex. To be safe with guns or to, to know situational awareness or to have some common sense things they need to know. When they get to certain ages, like maybe how to change a tire, you'd be shocked how many kids would not know how to change a freaking tire. Uh, general things that would help you in life. Uh, but I don't think it's a role of government to come in and tell a parent of a 15, 16, or even younger child that they trust with the farm, they've taught them, they've taken them to the range, they're proficient with it. If that child is left at home alone, if they have to come home from school and be what they used to call a latchkey kid, let yourself in a house where someone tries to break in. There's many cases I've read about where people would uh, try to break in a home and there's just maybe a couple kids there. One was, I believe, was a 14 year old kid. He got the, his rifle out. 
because if someone was ringing the front doorbell, there was a woman, there were two men trying to come in the back door. And he met them with a, uh, a rifle, and they ran. They ran away. Uh, so again, that's a good thing. The government is, is too ham-fisted to pass laws like this and, effect, and effectively enforce them. And I don't think they make anybody safer. Because let's face it, if someone's irresponsible enough, they're going to be irresponsible. The law is not going to stop them generally from being an irresponsible moron. Um, the Senate measure, this is, uh, what is this, I'm sorry, uh, measure was renamed the Isabella Joy Thallus Act after a 21-year-old woman who was shot and killed with a stolen rifle belonging to a Denver police sergeant. Hmm, that was uh, Senate Bill number 78, uh, that you have to report a firearm being stolen. I don't know why you wouldn't. I really don't know. Um, while, of course, this legislation can't bring any of our fellow Coloradians back who are no longer with us, we know that this not only can prevent future loss of life, but can also be part of the healing for the Thales family and so many others impacted by gun violence, by a stolen gun. Uh, yeah, bad guys steal guns. They buy them on uh, the black market. They use straw purchasers. We've talked about this on this show before. Why the hell don't the feds, the ATF, and others go after people who commit straw purchases and bust their ass and throw them in prison? It's a, it's a crime with a 10-year sentence. Throw them in the clink for 10 freaking years. It won't take long. They'll learn and others will be less likely to do it. See, the funny thing about laws is if you don't enforce them, they become meaningless. And if you do enforce them but don't enforce the penalty that goes along with breaking that law, they, they tend to lose their, their, their importance. They become impotent. The law, which is slated to take effect in September, mid-September, uh, mandates a $25 fine for failing to report a stolen firearm and 500 bucks for second time you do not report a stolen firearm. Well, if you've been robbed more than once, you really are doing something wrong, aren't you? But again, these laws are not really going to have any effect on anything meaningful. As most gun control, excuse me, it's not gun control anymore. It's reasonable gun laws, common sense gun laws. There's nothing common sense or reasonable about passing useless laws that won't have a damn bit of effect on criminals or crime, but will have possibly ill effects on the law-abiding people who just want to protect themselves. Again, the folly of gun control. Only fools believe in gun control. That's why I call them the cult of gun control. Try arguing with one of them one time. Try arguing, debating them. Try it one time, see what happens. Now, let's save that for later. Let's stay with firearms for a minute and go to the uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous state of Oregon, which is at least partly controlled by batshit crazy leftists. Uh, but enough about Portland. The Pirate's Cove, William Teach, one of the best bloggers out there, uh, and a very good friend of the Delegator.com. The very same people, he writes, who are protected by armed police officers 
Some, all the time, look to take away the ability to defend your home and loved ones. Think criminals won't be looking at this law uh, gleefully? And this law is... Basically, it will neuter and spay and eradicate your ability to store a firearm safely and, quote, lawfully uh, and use it for self-defense. The Oregon gun storage law would be among the toughest in the the U.S. of A., according to Yahoo News. There is a proposed gun storage law that would be among the toughest in the country. It's headed for a vote in the Oregon legislature unless Antifa's burn it down by now, with backers saying it will save lives and opponents contending it could lead to deaths. Meanwhile, in Colorado, I just covered that one, Oregon's bill generated testimony from hundreds of people, mostly in writing because there wasn't enough time to take all the oral testimony. A vote in Oregon's House of Representatives on the bill, initially scheduled for Monday, was pushed back by week to enable Democrat representatives to work with the Senate to guarantee the bill is on track to pass and be enacted. Uh, Said Hannah Kurowski, a spokesman for the majority House Democrats. Here's a hint to states. Never allow a Democratic majority in your House, your legislature, your Senate, your assembly, whatever you call them, assemblymen, Whatever, don't do it. Uh, one person testified on a gun being stolen and used for a mass shooting back in Portland in 2012. Though, okay, and yes, bad people will steal guns. The kid who committed the kid, the psycho who committed the Sandy Hook massacre, killed his mother and stole her gun. Boy, the gun control really stopped him, didn't it? Here's the problem with this bill. Oregon's bill mandates that gun owners secure unattended weapons with trigger locks or in locked compartments. It doesn't give you a choice. You've got to put a trigger lock on it or you've got to lock it in in some uh, compartment, a safe or something else. In other words, it's adding steps and length of time to if you may need to access that weapon very quickly. If someone's broken in your home or breaking in your home, and you're probably going to be full of adrenaline at that point, you're going to be scared, you're going to be nervous, you're going to be a little shaky, it's going to take you longer anyway than normal, this is going to add time. You're just putting another barrier between a person's right to self-defense and their ability to self to actually use that right of self-defense. Those who don't follow the law would be strictly liable for any injuries or property damage. If a minor gets a hold of an unsecured firearm, the gun owner could face a minimum of $2,000. And again, you're just mandating something that people who who aren't going to do it aren't going to do it anyway. They're just not. And all you're doing is making it harder for the law-abiding. You know, parents can already be charged if if they are careless of whether to put their weapon and their kid gets a hold of it, they can already be charged. I don't think there's a state in the union they could not be charged with that. And this has to be said, folks. One of the lowest death rates among children 
I think there's about six or seven above firearms. Accidental firearm deaths in children is is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly low. More kids die in falls. More kids die from accidents. More kids die from uh, uh, drowning. And there's some others in there. I believe medical mistakes are one of them. But it's seventh or eighth on the list, and it's infinitesimal number. And no, of course, one child is too many. We know that. But they're tackling something that isn't really a problem, statistically speaking. They're just looking to get more control. The, the, the truth behind gun control is it's control of you eventually. Because the left really ideologically doesn't dig the right of self-defense. That's an individualistic right. That's a natural right. They want all rights and privileges to come from the government. And when the government controls everything as tightly as the left would like, there will be no rights. Some will be afforded privileges. Privileges, of course, they can be taken away in a second. Now let's talk about something else that caught my eye. Uh, there's a, a police officer, after actually a former police officer in Norfolk, Virginia. He has been excommunicated, 86, shown the door, shit can, fired, dismissed, however you want to put it, after an investigation uh, into Kyle Rittenhouse's defense fund donation. So Kyle Rittenhouse is, was, I think he may be 18 now, he was 17 at the time, he took an AR-15. Uh, it was in Chicago, uh, not Chicago, uh, during the Kenosha. After uh, during the Kenosha riots and looting and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, after uh, the one gentleman was shot in the back seven times, and of course he had a knife. Of course he'd already fought with cops. He'd already done many things. He was a lethal threat. The cops did the right thing. Uh, but it was a big story, and there was a lot of Black Lives Matter and Antifa people. They were apparently trying to get to Cal Rittenhouse. He shot three people. The first person, I haven't seen the actual moment he shot. I don't know if it was justified or not. Hopefully a court of law can figure that out. But I know the other two people he shot. One was carrying a pistol and came at him. He shot him in the arm didn't kill him and another one was trying to bash Kyle Rittenhouse's brain in with a uh, uh, a skateboard and Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed him with his AR-15 of course the left has called him a cold-blooded killer and a terrorist and everything else uh, people like me have looked at it and said I don't know I I'm not going to judge but I'm saying that looks a lot like self-defense right there when people are trying to kill you and you shoot them, that's self-defense. And of course the left said that these were unarmed, peaceful protesters. You don't peacefully hit somebody in the head, which could easily kill somebody, uh, with a, with a uh, skateboard. And you don't peacefully or lawfully try to chase somebody down when you've got a revolver in your hand uh, and try to shoot them and kill them. And if they shoot and kill you in those instances in self-defense, good for you. But... The cop being fired for this. I don't get it.
So he pledged support for the actions of Kyle Rittenhouse. He basically, he says this is self-defense. He donated to the legal fund. I thought this was free country. Uh, Sergeant William Kelly made the monstrously large $25 donation anonymously to the fund through uh, Give, Send, Go, which I've never heard of, according to The Guardian, which noted that the Christian crowdfunding site suffered a major security breach that exposed the email addresses of people who had made uh, donations to Rittenhouse's fund. I wonder what good leftists decided to do that, commit that breach. Uh, Kelly also reportedly left a message to Rittenhouse with his donation. The, the message read, God bless. Thank you for your courage. Keep your head up. You've done nothing wrong. Every rank and file police officer supports you. Don't be discouraged by actions of the political class of law enforcement leadership. So, why was he fired? Is it illegal to donate somebody some money to someone's legal defense fund? To help them pay for attorneys? Is that illegal? What crime did he commit? Norfolk city manager, whose name Chip Filer... Chip Fowler. Hmm. I've resumed, reviewed the results of the internal investigation involving Lieutenant William Kelly. Well, he's been promoted. The first paragraph said Sergeant. I don't know Sergeant or Lieutenant. Anyway, William Kelly, the, the Kelly, the former Norfolk police officer, has been fired by Chip Fowler, the city manager, said in a statement. Uh, according to Norfolk local news outlet Wavy, W-A-V-Y, it's a wavy day. Let's make some gravy. Uh, Chief Larry Boone and I have concluded, he said, that Lieutenant Kelly's actions are in violation of city and department policies. His egregious comments erode the trust between the Norfolk Police Department and those they are sworn to serve. The city of Norfolk has a standard of behavior for all employees and we will hold staff accountable so again, the egregious comments got him fired. Again, the comments to Kyle Rittenhouse from Lieutenant William Kelly. God bless. Thank you for your courage. Keep your head up. You've done nothing wrong. Uh, every rank and file officer supports you. Don't be discouraged by actions of the political class of law enforcement leadership. Ah, I think the last line may have got him. He, uh, he called out his, his superiors, perhaps, superiors in rank for... Uh, for maybe being a little left of center politically. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know the people I can't say. And I don't know this lieutenant I can't say. All I can say is uh, I don't think it's right to fire the guy. Not at all. And if he had written to Rittenhouse and said, hey, you're, you're a bonehead, you should you take the law in your own hand, you're vigilante, would he have been fired over that? Hmm, I wonder. I wonder indeed. And it is the truth that uh, Chief Larry Boone, sometimes police chiefs, and sometimes sheriffs too, generally as police chiefs, tend to be more left-leaning. They're more like political appointees rather than elected. Most sheriffs are elected. So those two tend to come down as pro or against gun control based on ideology and sheriffs tend to be more conservative 
uh, and pro-Second Amendment than police chiefs sometimes. Not always. Not always. Uh, Boone made a statement of his own asking the public not to lose faith. He wrote, a police department cannot do its job when the public loses trust with those whose duty it is to serve and protect them. We do not want perceptions of any individual officer to undermine the relations between the Norfolk Police Department and the community. Well, again, did you go out and take a poll of the people in Norfolk and say, how do you feel about this? You're, are, are you just assuming that everyone in Norfolk thinks Kyle Rittenhouse is guilty and doesn't deserve uh, doesn't deserve any protection. And this very sad story from uh, Columbus, Ohio through uh, WSYX, ABC6 in, uh, and ABC6 in, in Columbus. Uh, the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation is investigating a fatal police shooting in southeast, southeast Columbus. Family members have identified the victim as Makia Bryant. She was apparently 15. Bryant was under the care of Franklin County Children's Services. And police said that about 4.30 p.m. Tuesday, yesterday as I'm recording this, officers responded to 3171 Legion Lane, the caller said females were there to stab them and put their hands on them, according to police. So someone calls police and said, there's, there's females here armed with knives looking to stab us, basically. Columbus police dispatchers were unable to get information about weapons at the scene. Officers arrived about 14 minutes later, and there is body camera video from a responding officer. It shows Bryant, again, 15, appearing to try to stab two females when the officer fired, striking her. Now, I've seen the video. I've seen stills. There, there is no doubt in the world this girl was looking to stab somebody. Uh, and not just a little poke. I mean, she was reared back and ready to slash. Uh, and, yes, looking to murder, I would assume. Um Columbus Interim Police Chief Michael Wood said officers immediately began life-saving measures and medics were called immediately. But basically, you see the body cam. It, it looks like the cop just pulls up and, and there is this fight going on. There's a few people around. And basically, he's got the one girl, Makia, with uh, a knife, a significant-looking knife. And she's right close to the girl in pink that she's trying to... Looks like she's trying to gut her, frankly. And he made a, a very quick decision. He said, drop it, drop it, drop it. And she didn't drop it. And he shot her, I believe, four times. So he really wasn't given a choice. She was shot four times in the chest. Uh, to me, and I was listening to, uh, to a radio talk show, a liberal radio talk show, hosted by Chris Cuomo. I didn't even know he had a radio show. And Chris Cuomo act, actually sounded sane on this one. And he had a person who had trained police use of force. And the police officer was like, look, the cop had no choice. It's, it's a life and death situation, basically. And, you know, people are saying, why do you shoot her four times? Well, 
basically he said the first three shots didn't do it. She was still a threat. Again, police, they're trained to shoot to stop the threat. Of course, they had the idiots. Why didn't you shoot her in the leg? Well, because that's not safe for anyone else around the area. The most effective way to stop somebody who is who is trying to commit murder, who trying to cause grievous bodily harm to police officers or other people in the area, you shoot to stop the threat, thus you shoot center mass. Now, I mean, you could try to shoot them in the head. The head's much smaller than the body. That's why you shoot there. It's the largest area. You have the the least chance of missing and that round going somewhere else and going in someone's home or down the street and killing somebody. And, of course, the, uh, the comments on Twitter were amazing to me. When news of this broke that the cops had shot a 15-year-old girl, and there's video of the girl's aunt saying, she was a good girl. She had problems, sure, but yeah, when you're trying to stab somebody and kill them, you've got problems. And what the hell do you expect a police officer to do in that situation? Fact is, if the police officer had not done that, had not shot, and he had actually stabbed the girl in pink and maybe killed her, what would, what would the same people have said about the police? They'd be calling him racist because you didn't you didn't do anything to save that girl from getting stabbed. The cop did his best, as far as I can tell. Uh, and it is a tragedy when a 15-year-old person is, is killed. But a tragedy it doesn't change the facts. She was willing to take a life. And it cost her her own. She could have complied key thing in all police shootings usually is you go back to the beginning of the chain of events that leads to there may be a long chain of events it may be very short like this case comply comply police aren't perfect police aren't superman they're not spider-man they don't have x-ray vision they can't read minds but they can see when one person is fixing to stab another and they have to act and I'm sure that officer feels awful. Um, it's awful. And again, the family needs our prayers for this kid. And we, we can't forget she was a kid. But she was a kid trying to take someone's life with a deadly weapon. That's a tragic, awful, terrible situation. But blaming a police officer for protecting life? No. That's not acceptable. I'm sorry. It really isn't. And as I said, it wouldn't have mattered what the cop did. If he would have not shot and the other girl had been stabbed to death, the same people ripping the police for shooting this 15-year-old kid and screaming racism, of course, because everything's racist now. They'd be saying he didn't defend the life of this other girl, who's also black, because he's a racist. Because police are all racists. It's sad. You know what? Number one rule, shut your mouth until more facts come out. Everybody wants to be 
the ringside cheerleader, the ringside voice, the first voice people here. Everyone wants to jump the gun. And more information may come out that may change some of, some of my mind in this. I don't know. But, but I just, you, you can't reasonably look at a cop and say, okay, you've been called to this. There's people with knives trying to stab other people. You get out of your car, you look, and what do you see? One person with a knife trying to stab another one. And they don't obey the commands of drop it, drop it, drop it. You don't have much choice. So pray for everybody involved, folks. This is uh, truly a, a tragedy. It is. And your heart should break for that kid, whatever led her to do that, and her family, and those that cared about her, and everyone involved, including the officer and his family. And please, wait for facts before you jump the gun. All right? Screaming racism at the drop of a hat doesn't make you woke. It doesn't make you a social justice warrior. It doesn't mean you're going to do any good. It just means you're a punk and you don't want information. You want to emote. And increasingly, we live in a society with emotional retards, basically. They know one speed. Their emotion has one speed. Full bore, full blast, full throttle right off the bat. Especially with police. And this crap has been drilled into the head of black Americans for decades now. For decades. And cops are put in situations where increasingly they can't do anything right. So again, patience, prayer, maybe that's what's needed more than anything. And one more story. This comes from The Hill. And apparently a man was uh, a jogger, talked his way out of a bear attack. There was a runner, uh, and there's video that's on YouTube, of course, and in this story, uh, followed by, black, by a black bear in Grand Teton National Park, which is in the north, uh, northwestern corner of Wyoming. Uh, a little bit north of uh, Yellowstone and pretty close to Glacier National Park, which is in Montana, borders Montana, and part of the national park is in Canada. Uh, my dream vacation would be in Yellowstone and this area, but also Glacier National Park. It's supposed to be one of the most spectacular national parks on Earth. But now there is a viral video of this runner in Wyoming managed to fend off a possible bear attack by talking to it. Evan Matthews was running in Grand Teton National Park when a bear began to follow him. Matthews explained that he chose not to run because it might confuse the bear into thinking he was its prey. It's probably a good idea. The instinct for an animal a lot of times is run. That's why you see signs in areas of certain national parks where I have uh, where I've hiked, like in Rocky Mountain National Park, no running because it's good for jogging, but the area is also really good habitat for mountain lions. And mountain lions, they see running that kind of triggers the instinct and you become an item on their menu and you don't want to be there. Evan Matthews was running 
would a bear begin following him? Matthews wrote in a short piece accompanying the video that he commonly encounters wildlife while on the trails, but this time the bear took notice. I've seen plenty of bears in the wild, but this was the first time one had shown any interest in me. Maybe he was extra hungry, Matthews wrote. Matthews explained that he chose not to run uh, because it might confuse the bear. He added that the usual defense like playing dead might not, might not excuse me, uh, have applied in a situation that did not involve a mother bear protecting its young. Instead, he spoke to the bear. Maybe the bear just wanted to talk. I kept talking to it to show that I was a human and not to be mistaken for another animal. With a solo bear who's interested in you like this, it's not trying to eliminate a threat. It's trying to find an easy target. Don't be one, he added. Uh, Matthews encouraged viewers to take note of the varying circumstances that any bear, bear encounter, uh, saying he was able to stand his ground and uh, come out okay. So, if you're ever in the woods and you're attacked by a bear or followed by a bear, maybe you can have a conversation with it. But here's a, here's a hint I think is very important. Don't talk like Maxine Waters or any Democrat, because the bear will probably rip you to shreds at that point. Animals can detect BS, and is there any person more full of BS than the crazy cat lady of the house, Maxine Waters. Don't do it, kids. It's not worth it. And thank you for listening. If you want to support this podcast, and really, if you're going to support a podcast, clearly this is the best one to, to support. Because it's done in my bedroom at home. There's no crew here, no professionals, just me flapping my gums, opining and hopefully bringing some insight to the world and some common sense. And damn it, I really, really want to buy a I don't know something. So I need money. Just kidding, my friends. If you cannot donate, I, I no problem. I appreciate it. I thank you for the patronage. Um, you want to go to thedailygator.com and leave comments on my podcast, please do. Uh, if you want to hit me up, there's a sticky sticky post, the very first post you come to when you enter dailygator.com in your favorite search engine. And just hit the PayPal button there. You can go to uh, Anchor, which is affiliated with Spotify. And you can hit the button there to make a monthly contribution, if you choose, or a one-time donation you can make. Uh, and if that doesn't let you, you can go to the dailygator.com and do it there. But again, I'm not doing this to get rich. Mildly wealthy, maybe, but not rich. I'm not greedy. Folks, I appreciate your patronage. Remember, uh, say your prayers. God likes to hear from you. I should follow my own advice on that one. Remember. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And go Gators. We'll talk to you again very soon. Y'all take care. Stay out of trouble and watch for those nosy bears.